You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Thank you once again for tuning in to another edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter. At Connor Halley, very quickly, just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today and you want to get in on the daily fantasy sports, make sure to use promo code THPN. It'll help you out. Of course, the NHL in full swing. We've got the NFL on weekends, NBA, golf, UFC, lots of fun stuff on DraftKings. Make sure to use promo code THPN when you sign up today. And for the Edmonton Oilers, as of late, been pretty up and down, similar to me on DraftKings, of course. Since the last time we spoke, the Oilers dropped a 4-1 loss to the Dallas Stars on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday evening, they bounced back to beat the Arizona Coyotes 5-3. Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl playing on the same line, doing the same thing that they have done basically every time they play together. Now the team off until Saturday when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights down in Nevada, Sin City. It's a 5 o'clock puck drop. For pregame coverage, you can listen to TSN 1260, Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more with our next guest, Alan Mitchell. He is the host of The Lowdown with Low Tide on TSN 1260. You can also read his work at The Athletic and give him a follow on Twitter at Low Tide. Al, thank you so much for doing this today. How are you doing? Good. I'm just so impressed you got all of that in in like 90 seconds. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes I will like pre-tape guests and then I'll try to work it all in beforehand. And I thought, you know what? Let's just let's just take a shot and try not to mess it up. <laughs> well, that was a big fly. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, we didn't knock it out of the park, but we got close. Uh, I'm rounding second. Uh, Al Leon Drysaddle. Let, let's just start right there. You and I, we worked together for a long time. I, I don't know if we were working together when the Oilers selected him in the first round uh, from the Prince Albert Raiders. But, I mean, 20 goals, 20 assists. This guy has been absolutely red hot to start the season. Did you ever think that this would be, you know, the career trajectory for Leon Drysaddle when they selected him to be, you know, top two, top three player in the world? No, he, he, uh, he, I have this weird habit of collecting, uh, scouting reports on draft day, and I've got a ton of them. Nobody, nobody was there. Like, nobody was, everybody thought he had talent, and, and that he was a big man, and that if he developed into what they hoped that he would be, he might be a great, like, two-line center. But their speed was an issue, uh, consistency, fatigue late in shifts. There were some things about Leon Dreisaitl that were, I'm not going to say overly negative because most people were very positive on him, but but those things would keep him from being elite. So I don't think anybody, including myself, felt he was that. Uh, very talented player, one of the best players in that draft year, you bet. But it wasn't that particular draft year, from what we knew at the time, didn't contain any like impact, difference maker, future Hall of Famer. Well, it's different now, but... At the time, it was it was he was going to be a good player and and probably a center and a creative uh, center who'd get some special teams time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was down at uh, oh, geez, was it Rexall back then doing like the Oil Kings onsite production, and whenever PA would roll into town, you got excited for Josh Morrissey and Leon Drysidel, and I remember watching Leon thinking, okay, this guy is going to be really good, but. Did I think he'd be a fifty goal scorer in the NHL? No chance. And I mean, one of my favorite parts about him, like. 
he, he is one of my favorite players in the NHL to watch, and I like you know how he handles the media. It looks like he doesn't take it too serious, but I mean he's just progressed so much. And I, I can go back to that first season with the Oilers. People questioned his skating ability, and the next year he came back and he looked like a whole new skater. People thought maybe he's not a finisher. Maybe he's going to be a guy who you know is passing more often. He goes to the offseason, comes back, and all of a sudden he's a 50-goal scorer. Like, it, it looks like he's someone who doesn't sit back. Like He's always trying to improve some some part of his game. Yeah, he, he uh, for me, I think that's part of the, the great part of the Leon Dreisaitl story is he's kind of willed himself to get better at everything that was a, a criticism early on. And, you know, he, he's... He was a great passer. We all knew he was going to be a great passer. Uh, but, you know, his, his shooting percentage is like almost 18% for his NHL career. Well, that's a, that's a crazy good number. And, and his uh, first year in the NHL, his face-off percentage was 41%. He was 55% this year. Everything that he does, uh, he, he does really well. Uh, his takeaway giveaway as a rookie was 14-16. This year so far, it's, it's uh, 9-21. He's, he is not a guy uh, who, who has stood still like almost for a m- moment uh, as an NHL player. He's tried to get better, and, and the, uh, I think it has caused a little bit of problem because uh, I think they love him so much on the wing that they want to play him with McDavid. The team just isn't deep enough, nor would anybody be, to, to afford that. Al, you, you've watched the, the Oilers for a long time in the NHL, and I, I could almost feel like a segment with you. Do you remember? Like, and then just throw various things at you. But do you remember, uh, two players like McDavid and Dryasidal, um, that, that were put together, you know, in crucial situations or, or when their team needed to spark that, you know, could carry a line by themselves, but when you put them together, it was just nuclear? Yeah, the, the you know the, there were two in the '80s, and they they were on the same team at the same time. But but uh, Gretzky and Curry could do anything, including penalty kill, uh, and Messier and Glenn Anderson were the same. And uh, th- that's that's having two sets, which is you know monstrous, really. I mean, it's almost impossible uh, to have that kind of quality uh, ever. And they didn't have it for long because they couldn't afford it. But it's it, it, since then there have been times. I always thought that the Dougie Wade with Bill. Gary Aaron was a strong combination. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, maybe not at this level of, of McDavid and Dreisaitl, but th- there's there's something magic about those guys. Where if if you look at their track record, McDavid and Dreisaitl, when they play together through their careers, there's it's almost automatic. They're, they're, they're five on five points per sixty imply that they're going to come out of the game if they play together they're going to score at least a goal more than the opponent will while they're on the ice. And, and for a coach, I think it's almost impossible to resist that. For me, it is. I I heard that those two were playing together, and I threw down a little bit of money on the uh, over two and a half points for each of them. Of course it cashed out. Like, they're going to beat up on the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> I, I'm surprised more people didn't do it. It was such free money, basically. But, uh, Al, there's lots to talk about, and we'll talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, and we'll talk about the win on Wednesday. But I want to go back to Tuesday night when the Edmonton Oilers fall to the Dallas Stars and uh, kind of just a blah performance. Obviously, they take the penalties early, and the uh, the Stars' power play uh, capitalizes on their opportunities. But what did you make of that performance in Dallas? Well, I, I think there's a few takeaways that are worth noting. Number one, Dallas was better than their record. They, they've they got the, the young goaltender, uh, Ottinger, back in the NHL, and he, he's very good. Like he's, 
he's clear they're clearly better with him around and so with, with that as the the backdrop they were going to be a better player a better team than their record they also got a lot of breaks on and i hate to complain about it and, and i i don't normally but a lot of a lot of calls that weren't made and several that were that that were uh favored D- dallas and they took advantage and good for them but the the if you're if you're looking at the orders and you're trying to figure out how to beat them, one of the ways you can is if you have really fast and effective defensemen, and that's what Dallas has. They're they're able to hang with you know not quite hang with McDavid, but with Drysaitel, and they can interfere with McDavid to the point where where he's not as effective five on five. And so I think that's that's sort of what uh, teams are trying to do. Is what Winnipeg did last year: great goaltending, interfere, get in the way try not to take penalties but but do as much as you can to to stop progress for those two guys and so i i, I think that's something if you're the oilers or an Oilers fan you're looking to to maybe overcome how do you overcome that on a night when uh you know penalties aren't going your way you're not getting uh power plays how can you overcome uh, a team that is being very physical with your best players i don't have that answer but it's something to watch for as the season rolls along because they will play a team like Dallas uh, played the other night. They will play a team in the playoffs just like that. I want to ask you about Mira Heiskanen. I mean, very highly touted. I mean, you talked about it. A defenseman that can skate. He, he's outstanding. Did you see his Wikipedia page after the game? Yeah. <laughs> the owner of Oilers forward, Connor McDavid. You know, it sucks we have to wait till I think it's March 22nd before these two teams meet again, but I've got a feeling McDavid uh, he might be a little more fired up for that rematch. Yeah, McDavid is not, you know, he, he's, he is a force of nature and, and he's so good at what he does. And, and you don't want to give him like extra ammunition or extra <laughs> fuel. And when we've seen that where, where, you know, he, he sort of, you know, I don't know if he takes it personally, but it's something that he, you know, wants to address and, and put away. And, and I think we all want to do that, but he's good enough to actually do something about it. So I'll look forward to the next Dallas game for sure. Yeah, I just I was looking it up on social media, fan, and uh, Dallas Stars fans were quite arrogant. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to save these tweets just to see what happens the next time they meet. And it's not going to be for another four months. So uh, maybe maybe it'll be forgotten by the time we get there. Um, Never. <laughs> <laughs> Oilers fans do have very good memories, so maybe, yeah, just maybe, uh, it'll come back. Uh, of course, on a Wednesday, we saw the Edmonton Oilers bounce back against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, maybe a, a little too close for comfort at the end. The uh, uh, Coyotes scoring a couple goals late. The Oilers had an empty netter where Leon Dreisaitl really showed off his flexibility to stay onside at the blue line. Uh, what did you make of that game against the Coyotes? And another slow start giving up the early lead. Yeah, they, they've got to take care of that. And I, you know, sometimes these things occur uh, with teams or, or individually with players, and and they just have to work their way through it. They, you know, the coach can only yell at you so many times, right? And and I'm sure that, that Dave Tippett maybe he hasn't yelled at them, but he has let them know that this is a an area they they might want to improve and work on. And yet they're still here, right? They, they're still starting slow. Road games are are often difficult because you're you're 
you know, you're not really in your comfort zone like Dallas would be, for instance. But Dallas comes to the rink, they have their regular routine. We're not exactly certain what the orders are going through on their on their road trips. We know they didn't travel to the states a year ago. So the the five gamer. Uh, that, that was uh, to start the year, and then this one are, are kind of their first trips that are involve you know extended stays in the United States. So all of those things probably factor in, but but they're they're also experiencing a lot of injuries on especially on defense and that can really impact you loose play and and uh not knowing where a player is uh sometimes happens when you you have new line mates and teammates and i think we saw a little bit of that as well in arizona now you're dave tippett the team's got the day off on thursday in arizona are you giving them like the day off to go golf uh, are you bringing them for film what how would you be handling it right now well, I think it depends on they played a lot of hockey recently, so you know I almost would be they play Saturday, so you've got a, 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 a practice day, and then they you know they don't play again until Wednesday. So when they get back to Edmonton, maybe Monday of next week or something like that, I think that's where you kind of drill down and remind them about you know uh, you know if there's penalty kill that's a problem or structure breakouts. Uh, you know they they seem to get lost a little bit in coverage, and that's uh, you know, the first goal last night wasn't wasn't on Tyson Berry. It was on one of the forwards who needed to check down and didn't. Well, that's something you can talk about, but you can also spend time working on. So I think until until the they get back home here, they'll probably take it easy because these guys have already played a lot of hockey in a short space of time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Alan Mitchell joining me here on the Other Connor podcast. You can hear him on TSN 1260 Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. till noon on the Lowdown with Low Tide and Rita stuff up at The Athletic. Uh, Al, uh, I'm going to ask you about some of the individuals on this team in a second here, but let's jump to Saturday, 5 o'clock puck drop down in Sin City. Uh, if you're an Oilers fan making the trip down there, that is perfect because the game will be over by like 7.40 local time. Uh, and, and then you can just go out and party. And I know Vegas doesn't sleep. You could do it later, but you'll still be able to get a good bedtime in, you know? And I, th- I think that's important for the people in Las Vegas. But looking at this matchup, uh, we saw these two teams meet earlier on in the season. The Oilers get the 5-3 victory in that one, but the Vegas Golden Knights starting to get healthy with the Oilers' top line, are are you going back with McDavid and Drysaitel? I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because the the, the their, Vegas is a better team than Arizona. Against Arizona, you can play it fast and loose, and you know it, if you need to tighten it up, you can. Uh, but against Vegas, you, number one, you don't want a slow start. Number two, you've got to have at least two and maybe three lines rolling well and that you're confident in. And and finally, you've got some inexperience on defense, so you need as much support as you can, uh, and that would include more than just one line. So my my feeling is they'll go back to uh, dry subtle on one line and, and McDavid on another. Also, I'm, I'm very interested in You seem to have this timed out in Vegas. Are you, are you going and are you looking forward to the after the game more than the game I, I i wish i was going al when i go to vegas i try to utilize every uh every day down to the minute like you you gotta have a game plan otherwise you're just gonna get stuck at a pool and it, you're gonna miss out on everything right <laughs> that's when we go to vegas i i've got the game plan laid out like there's a little bit of flexibility but you know you got to get in a baseball game you got to you know maybe maybe you got to do the tourist thing and walk the strip you got to have plans for each night it's it's very matter of fact when you go down there. You know yeah. this. 
uh, and you got to have it, you know, precision timing. That's what Vegas is all about. Can't find a damn clock anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't lose your cell phone. Maybe you even wear a wristwatch. Uh, you got to. Hey, you don't want to get caught in the casino, right? Like. Man. Maybe that goes good, but maybe, and more likely, it goes bad. So when I'm down there, I like to have it all bang, bang, bang. And I, I think, you know, hey, game ends at 7.40 Vegas time. You do whatever you want. Like, you got the whole night ahead of you. You can go to the club. You can go to a maybe a piano bar or something like that. Maybe just a nice dinner. Maybe it's back to your room. Hey, I, th- I think you're more a Vegas fan than a hockey fan. <laughs> oh, I love Vegas. It's been way too long. I, I still want to do that Vegas, uh, like, Maybe try to time it out for a Oilers, Golden Knights, and then a, yeah. a football game. That would be, you know, like outstanding. And they, they overlap enough, so it shouldn't be that much of a problem. Yeah, I mean, the only problem is I'd have to watch the Raiders. So unless the Chargers <laughs> are there, I'm, I'm not too interested in it. But I think just to go to a game would be a lot of fun. I know the Oilers took one in last time. Uh, uh, last time they were there, they had the day off, so... I, I really love it. Al, very quickly, just going to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season along with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back here on the Other Connor Podcast with Alan and Mitchell, the host of the Lowdown with Low Tide. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Low Tide. And, uh, Al, I, I talked about it. I wanted to ask you about some of the individuals on this team. And, you know, we we kind of talked about it just before we took the little break there about, you know, the the game in Vegas and, and what might happen with the lines. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi dropping down to the Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod third line on Wednesday. And honestly, when I saw that come out, I, I kind of liked it. Like, I thought that could be an, an interesting line where Jesse Pugliarvi is counted on to kind of drive the offense and maybe that benefits him just a little bit. What did you think of that line with Jesse Pugliarvi? Well, I liked it, and I think there's a... I think you made a great point. There's, there's, there's two things about moving down. People think of, of moving from the first to third line as a demotion, and it can be like that. But if you look at it another way, Pugliarvi, when he's playing with McDavid, he's playing the best of the best. And so his creativity and what he can bring to the game uh, is very complimentary. If he plays on a line where the other team doesn't have their best out there, he might be able to really dominate. And that's a kind of a soft underbelly for the opposition that, that maybe Edmonton could take advantage of. Uh, of the players on the roster now, for me, I think Pugliarvi, after after McDavid and Dreisaitl, he is a guy who I think might be able to fill that role. And and so I've always been curious because they haven't really had a, a lot of strong 
offensive options. McLeod, uh, uh, Fogel is an interesting combination for him. But I, I'd like to see, if they're going to do it, I'd like to see it for 10 games. Because I think Pugliarvi could surprise people. And, and he is a very dynamic player. And he could dominate lesser opponents. And, and it's at least a possibility for Pugliarvi. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. And if you can get some offense you know, on a more consistent basis out of that third line, why not do it? Uh, what did you make of Zach Cassian playing with McDavid and Drysaddle? I mean, the stats were there, but what did you think of his play? I, I, Cassian is always, for me, he's, he's a, 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 there's the positive and the ne- negative. Uh, he's not a great coverage player. Uh, he doesn't recognize uh, danger as well as, say, uh, other right-wingers on the team. But he, he's fast and he's big, and he can, he can score. Like he's, he's, He has surprising offensive ability. So I, I think if you're... I think if you're playing Vegas, you don't run him there. But I think there are times in the year where you can. And and if he ever, ever, ever uh, got to a point where he recognized where he should be on the ice without the puck in coverage, uh, he could be a very dangerous player. He's 30 now, so it's it's not likely. But he has tremendous tools. And, and he can play uh, with skill offensively. He can contribute. And that's a very valuable player. Uh, I want to ask you about Zach Hyman. And obviously, when he first got at this team, started off the year, he looked outstanding playing on that top line. A little bit of a demotion on Wednesday, but like you said, there's positives that can come from it now. He's got two goals in his last 11 and scoreless in his last seven. Um, I mean, for him, is it more than just getting on the score sheet? Like, do, do you think that the other things that he brings to the team uh, make it okay for him not to contribute offensively as much? Or do you need to see him start putting the puck in the back of the net as a guy playing in the top six? Well, I, I think that with with him, we're still getting to know him. You know, he's coming up on twenty games, and he has eight goals. Well, that that would be you know over a, an entire season, that'd be a thirty goal season. Uh, so, so I think we're we're looking at a pretty significant offensive player. But you know, we're finding out that he's a little bit streaky, right? Like when he's hot, he's hot, and when he's not, he's not. And and they're just going to have to live with that. What I like about him is that he hasn't changed his game. Like he is still driving to the net. And he is still, no matter who he's playing with, whatever line he's with, he's doing the things that that lead to complete chaos on the other side. And so uh, I I don't know how many goals he's going to score, but I haven't seen any downturn in his performance even during this slump. Pucks aren't going in the net, but it's like in baseball when guys are ripping the ball and it you know lands in somebody's glove. Well, that sucks, but if you keep ripping the ball, sooner or later it's going to land, and I think that, that that's the case with Hyman. I've been just so impressed with him. as a He's he's one of the best free agent signings so far the Oilers have ever made. Yeah, I mean, I, I've absolutely loved him. And for me, like, yeah, playing top six, you'd love to see him put the puck in the back of the net, maybe, you know, contribute offensively a little bit more five on five. But what he does, uh, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, got, got a little bit of edge to his game as well. So I, I like watching him out there. Uh, how about Ryan Nugent Hopkins as of late? Uh, the point production dropped off a little bit, obviously, to start the season. It's like he couldn't go uh, five minutes without setting up a goal. Now it's dropped off a little bit, but what have you seen in his game? I think he's what we we always knew he was. Um, you know, it's funny he's he's 
when he arrived in the NHL, he played center, and he, he was up against guys like Andrzej Kopitar, and they just dominated him physically. And, and when he plays wing, you know, he, he's not, there's not as many of those kinds of one-on-one battles. He's battling, but he's battling a group of players or whatever the case may be, and it's, it's, it isn't uh, uh, necessarily as intense a struggle for him. And that's a good spot for him. He's still not a big man. He's never, you know, I, I, whatever he's listed at, I think he's less than that. Uh, he's not a, he's not tall. He's not, he's not a massive fellow. But he, what he does, he does well. His stops and starts are great. He's always on the good side of the puck. He can bring a two-way uh, game to all lines. And I think he's better on the wing. And and that's one of the other reasons why I would have Drysaddle play center. Al, looking at the Oilers' uh, bottom sixer, we did touch on the the third line of Fogel, McLeod, and Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow uh, when the guys get back on the ice. But uh, the fourth line there, Kyle Turris, Colton Sevier, Benson, obviously uh, we, we await for uh, Devin Shore to come back, but Perlini could be an option there. What have you made of the fourth line's play as of late, and, and is there a group of three you'd like to see on Saturday when the Oilers take on Vegas? Well, you know, I, I think they're still trying to find their way. And, and, you know, remember Josh Archibald, you know, was going to be in that group and maybe Cassian would have been on the fourth line and there would have been other options. Uh, Devin Shore has been hurt. So, like, if everybody's healthy, um, you know, then you've got different options. But from the group that we've seen, I I would go with Sevier Benson uh, and then I'm just not sure on the right wing. Turris has a little more offensive ability. Uh, He's not as dynamic as somebody like... uh, um, is not as dynamic as somebody like uh, Perlini. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a, that option as well. But I would put Benson out there. I've liked his game. He's not he, he he's not uh, uh, touching the puck as much as he will when he gets a little more familiar with things. But he's pushing and he's getting involved and he's pushing back and he's irritating the opposition. So there's a player there. They just have to play him more. So I would say uh, I would go Sevier and I would go Benson. Yeah, let's stick with Tyler Benson there, because I, I agree. Like He was noticeable uh, in the victory against the Coyotes. What does he have to do for Dave Tippett to say, you know, this is a guy I trust in my bottom six and become a full-time NHLer? Like, what areas does he have to specifically improve upon? Well, I think he's doing a lot now to help himself. He's physical. Uh, he goes to the net. He doesn't mind uh, pushing back and being an irritant. He's a very fine passer. Now, he's not going to get to show those skill elements when he's on that line. But but he needs to provide energy. He needs to make the right play. He needs to do the things that fourth liners have to do to stay in the game, which is push the puck deep into the zone, race after it, punish the defenseman, try to turn over the puck, send it to a good spot. If you get it back to the point, uh, you know, hammer towards the net, maybe you'll get a tip, maybe it'll go in. It's a far more simple game than he's used to playing. He's a far more talented player than that. But but the depth chart doesn't allow him to move up, and he's not proven in that skill area. So that's going to be his role. I've been impressed with his speed. I think that's an area that was a concern early, but but he seems to be improving there or at least uh, moving his feet better. And so that's area of improvement. So I'd suggest Kemp doing what he's doing, and at some point he's either going to have to get lucky or or just make a great skill move because to, to play in the NHL you have to provide at least some offense. Al, uh, just a couple more questions for you. A few guys i got to ask you about because, uh, let's face it, on the blue line, a couple guys being forced higher up into the lineup. Uh, Philip Broberg 
being one of them, obviously a former first-round pick, um, someone I've been very intrigued by. And one of the reasons, I think I asked you about it, was that Jay Fresh character on Twitter talking about you know the potential of him being a full-time NHLer was around 50-50, the potential of being a superstar, 3%, very early in his career. But what have you seen so far? Well, what I've seen is, is what I think... Uh, I think you know Ken Holland and the scouting staff saw in him when they drafted him, which is a big, strong player who can move the puck well, skate really well, recover well, close gaps well, and and what he lacks basically is experience. the The player that you see out there now, if he can play top four minutes and and do the things he's doing now, he's going to play for twenty years. The, playing defense in the NHL is pretty simple when you're fast and big. <laughs> you know, it's, it's when you're not that the problems come in. But Broberg is, you know, he he's calm. He makes really good passes. Got a hell of a shot. There's a lot to like about him. Now you just need reps. You have to play him a lot, and there will be some mistakes on the way. But that's how they learn. It seems like a lot of people, and it maybe not openly rooting against, but it, it kind of seemed like there was undertones of people rooting against Cody Cece. What have you thought of him, and, and has he met, exceeded, or maybe underperformed? Well, Cece to me has been maybe the biggest, uh, among the veterans, revelation on defense. I don't know where they'd be without him, and I mean that. He, he's he's playing with Broberg now and is, is making him very calm, but he, I think he, uh, you know, I didn't realize, or I didn't contemplate him being the stronger partner of the Keith CC partnership, but he has been that. He can move the puck well, he shoots hard, great passer, uh, you know, he makes mistakes but recovers, a veteran guy, there's a lot to like about him. He's, he's um, with Bouchard struggling, I think he's their top right-handed defenseman right now, the guy that, that uh, uh, Dave Chipp- Tippett would trust, like in the defensive zone and, and other places too. He's He's been really uh, an excellent replacement for Adam Larson, and I, I going into the year that was an area of concern because I'm I'm a big Adam Larson fan, and I still think that the Oilers miss him, but not to the extent that they would because of how well Cody Cece's playing. Yeah, and I, w- I had uh, Seth Rohrbaugh on the show in the off season talking about you know the Oilers uh, free agent acquisitions, and of course uh, playing in Pittsburgh, Rohrbaugh covered him and. I was kind of taken aback because, you know, the the perception of this guy that was that he wasn't very good and Seth was saying like, well, you know, he's he's not that bad actually and he he kind of surprised a lot of people and maybe he was motivated to get that next contract. So so I thought maybe that factors in and, and maybe he takes a step back, but yeah, for me, he he's just, he he's been a nice surprise on the Edmonton Oilers right side there and and now with Duncan Keith out, obviously kind of uh being counted on a little bit more to step up his play. What have you thought of Evan Bouchard as of late and and I mean looking forward, if Broberg, Bouchard, Nurse pan out like this blue line's looking pretty solid for years to come. Yeah, I think I think Bouchard is a guy that Oiler fans can pretty much count on delivering. Eventually, he'll he'll be on the power play more, and the point totals will go up. Right now, as happens with every young defenseman, the, the workload has sort of overwhelmed him a little bit. And and you know, I know you, Connor, you were used to getting your homework done ten minutes after it was due, so you can relate to that okay. where you're 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 kind of working from behind. And, and I think he's been. I think he's. 
had a lot of hockey to play here early in the season, and I think Tippett did a good job uh, against uh, uh, Arizona, where he he had him on the third pair, gave him a chance to kind of get his feet under him again a little bit with Ladjison, and and Bouchard will be ready to take on big minutes again. But I think he needed that, you know, for a confidence booster to not have so much going on in front of him all the time. Yeah, I mean, the only difference between me and Bouchard is that. Uh... I had lower expectations. People didn't expect a whole lot from me, so, you know, if it was a little late, so be it. That, that was just as good. Um, I thought it was going to be that you're right-handed. He's right-handed <laughs> and you're left-handed. I, I thought that was what you'd go with. Well, I am left-handed, actually. I, yeah, yeah. So I guess we, we have that uh, that separates us as well, amongst a couple other things. Um, Al, when you look at the Oilers defenseman right now, obviously Darnell Nurse and Duncan Keith both out of the lineup due to injury. Um I feel like Darnell Nurse at times has had people critical, maybe unfairly, maybe not. Uh, Duncan Keith as well. Do you think with those two out of the lineup, some people are going to have to take a step back and say, man, maybe we got to appreciate the guys we had when they're healthy? I think that's true. I, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by Keith. Uh, uh, he, he's, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he's a very smart player. Uh, he's a very physical player. He, he, he can punish people. Uh, and, and in that tandem with Keith, he played some big tough minutes. And they, they, as I recall, they were around even at uh, goals uh, differential at five on five. And, and that's fine. You, you want to be better later. But uh, you know, Keith was coming off a, a. Uh, uh, very short training camp, and they're working towards something. This injury uh, sets him back a little bit, but he was impressive. As for Nurse, I, I just have never understood why people can't appreciate what he does. He he basically cuts the game in half. Uh, everybody wants a more physical Oiler team. Uh, there's been plenty of bitching about it since he's been out of the lineup. And on top of that, he plays first pair. And in the NHL today, you don't have uh, enforcers running around on the fourth line. Your your enforcers have to be able to play. And Nurse is like the, the perfect example of that. He he is very physical, and he will punish, and he will stick up for anybody. So uh, I think they miss that and his ability to play, to eat up minutes, just gobble them up. Uh, and I, I think that, that when he gets back, people will appreciate that again. And I also think that Bro if he continues, might be able to take on a little bit of that workload too, which is terrific. Oh, yeah, that would be a huge, uh, huge addition. And yeah, like you mentioned, the minutes and it's the tough minutes. He's not out there uh, playing garbage time, like when the game's on the line. Darnell Nurse is out there and at his best. Uh, final question for you today, Al. I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast here, Stuart Skinner. You, I got to get your thoughts on Skinner because uh, I think he's made uh, a lot of people believers and thinking that you know what they might have something as in this guy down the road. Well, all, this is what I know about goalies. When they when they play well, play them. And and he's young. He's twenty three. He makes very little money uh, for an NHL player. And and they have to find out if he can play like a lot. And and if he can, then they've discovered something really valuable. Uh, Broberg, we mentioned, McLeod and Skinner all arriving at the same time. None of them makes a million dollars. If those guys can fill the roles that they are currently filling, that's a massive gain for the Oilers. And Skinner has, I mean, he's 
if he's going to play Saturday, which I think he should, he's going to do it on merit. He's outplayed Koskinen. And and no disrespect to Miko Koskinen, he played a lot before Skinner got his shot. But I would I would definitely go with Skinner because until he shows he can't play, then you 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 should play him. You need to find out how much he can play and how well he can play. And right now the answer is very well. Al, thanks for doing this. Uh, did the Oilers get the win on Saturday? Yeah, I think they do. I, I think it's going to be really tight, and it'll be late. It might even go to overtime because Vegas is a lot healthier than they were. But I, I think this extra day here of rest and the fact that they don't play till Wednesday, uh, that you know, Tippett's going to unleash the hounds, as it were, and I think they'll win. It'll be like three-two, hard fought, very physical, uh, some great goaltending. But I think they win it. Al, if that game goes to overtime, then people's schedules are going to be thrown all out of whack. <laughs> They're gonna be they're gonna be missing out on sleep and potentially other things. So okay, well, owners score with two seconds left. How's that? There you go. And then people can just <laughs> leave right after that unless they want to stay for the uh, three stars presentation. Al, thanks a lot for doing this today. Hey, no problem. Have a good one. There you go. That is the fantastic Alan Mitchell. You can listen to him on TSN twelve sixty Monday through Friday, ten a.m. until noon. You can read his stuff up at the Athletic and give him a follow on Twitter at. Low Tide, and that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley for the Edmonton Oilers. They're back in action on Saturday. Like I said, 5 o'clock puck drop, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Pre-game coverage on TSN 1260 starting at 3.30 with Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. And then post-game coverage, it'll be me alongside Hernan Salas keeping you guys entertained, breaking down what happens in that game. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast today. Uh, one more thing, if you are tuning into this episode of the podcast on Friday. Uh, we are going to do a live auction on Twitter from about 2 till 6. Uh, I'm doing November once again this year, trying to raise money for men's health awareness uh, charities and, uh, of course, got the nasty mustache going on here. We're going to put together a little package of uh, Oilers tickets to watch the Kings in December, along with a gift card to your favorite restaurant. Your restaurant of choice will be a nice night out that we'll be auctioning on Twitter. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. I'll have it pinned there so you can see exactly what we have to auction off. It'll be about 2 to 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on Friday afternoon. Uh, if you want to go to a game, go out for a nice meal and raise money for a great cause, uh, make sure to check that out. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.